Good afternoon, podcast listeners. What's going on? It's Ride Home Sports Talk with your man T Brown back again for another episode, breaking down my take on sports, certain leagues, certain scenarios in the summertime. It's a wonderfully hot, once again hot, Wednesday, July 24th. Hope y'all doing all right out there. Once again, I'm on Anchor, uh, setting off the my podcast. I've got a couple episodes coming your way. Uh, leave some feedback on my anchor if you ever see or ever play or ever listening. Hope everybody's enjoying what they hear once again. If not, let me know. Let me know if I'm on point. Let me know if I'm off base. Uh, all commentary is appreciated, negative or positive. Uh, I just like going ahead and putting myself on a forum where I like to talk sports. I'm a type of individual who enjoys talking sports, NBA, NFL, and then a dabble into the other sports out there. I'm also a huge Formula One fan. Shout out to Lewis Hamilton and Team Mercedes AMG Patronas. Doing their thing. Leading in the constructor standings as we speak. And this is the week we are going into the German Grand Prix. Uh, where Mercedes is having its home constructor Grand Prix. Hopefully uh, they've been doing, they'll be able to do exactly what they've been doing for most of this season, which is locking out the front row in some capacity and having my man Lewis Hamilton stand on top of that podium, spraying champagne upon the masses below. He is doing well, uh, and hopefully he looks to continue that reign of terror on Grand Prix circuits all over Europe, all across the world. Go Lewis Hamilton, do your thing. But today, we're going to transition back to the NBA, where a lot of things are kind of circulating, a lot of things going on, uh, nothing to really blow anybody's heads off, but just the NBA beginning to settle into everything after the frenzied free agent period that it just experienced. Uh, a lot of players who are looking for long-term deals will begin to settle into their deals. And then also I wanted to touch on uh, the situation with FIBA, the federal, you know, the national world, the World Cup of basketball is coming up. And our roster looks real whack, if I do say so myself. There's no critically vital NBA players wanting to participate in this thing. And I want to get into why. But first we'll start off with a little light NBA news. It looks like uh, the Wizards... Are, are closing in on a maximum deal for guard Bradley Beal. I'm a real, real, real fan of Bradley Beal. What he brings to the table for the Wizards is critical. Uh, I like him. I wish uh, a lot of the teams that I follow were able to put something together to lure him out of there, but it looks like the Wizards are going to offer him that maximum deal. They're the team, his own team, in a position to do just that, offer him the max money. But uh, whether he extends or signs that deal has yet to be determined but and i'm from bradley bill and i'm comfortable with the wizards i'm going for it uh but what the state of the wizards will actually be is another story uh it looks to be a work in progress the john wall bradley bill project has not gone well one bit at all i'm not sure what the wizards are going to do with john wall going forward if they're offering bad bradley bill max money and they I haven't rumored or haven't heard of any such deal being offered to John Wall. And I believe this may be the last year of his contract. So they know they want to lock in Beal. 
I don't think they want to lock in the both of them long term. I think they've kind of made the statement uh, indirectly that they have had it with the services of John Wall. And if they know they're not going to have John Wall services beyond this upcoming NBA season, if I was the Wizards, I'd be trying to shop him to try to get something uh, to add it to the Washington Wizards roster that can possibly contend with everybody else in the Eastern Conference that just managed to get better overnight. Uh, those Bostons, those Phillies, those Milwaukee's, even Toronto without Kawhi is still a pretty good uh, team. Still a very good team. And I don't think the Wizards have what they need roster-wise to even make it to the playoffs. So they need to make a lot of moves. And locking in Bradley Bill long-term is their attempt at trying to stay relevant in an Eastern Conference that pretty much has began to be narrowed down to the top three teams in Boston, Milwaukee, and in my opinion, Philly. Uh, Philly looks very good, as I pointed out on the podcast previous to this one, that Philly looks very dangerous with Embiid and with Horford. In my opinion, it's something about these international players that, that come over uh, to the NBA from whatever country they represent. Uh, Horford, I'm not sure which country he's from. I think he's from the Caribbean. I'm not sure exactly which country. Uh, but Cameroon is where Embiid is from. These players have experienced great hardship, I would imagine, early in their lives. Uh, maybe poverty, maybe some very, very difficult living circumstances. And it sort of plays to the psyche of a young, young impressionable human being. And if they've been through some things, they tend to remember where they came from and carry that experience, that knowledge, that appreciation over into their adult lives and they transition into some great people. And these two players are examples of that, in my opinion. Uh, Embiid, as long as he can stay healthy, is going to cement himself as one of the dominant centers in the NBA right now, in this era of NBA right now. He's up on the list with these guys. And to acquire one just like him and one Al Horford, who I believe still has a couple of years left before he wants to hang it up, is, is a great opportunity for Al Horford to team up with a player just as hungry, just as aggressive in the front court as he is. So Philly just has that combination of twin towers right now, and I would imagine that they're looking to build around that and turn themselves into a contender overnight. They've got the height, they've got the power, they've got the strength in the front court up front with those two. Uh, ben Simmons has been inked into a long max term, max maximum contract deal. Uh, so as long as Ben Simmons develops some sort of jumper, that makes him an awesome player for them as well. They no longer have Jimmy Butler. He's on his way out, and he should be in South Beach getting comfortable by now as a member of the Miami Heat. They kept Tobias Harris, I believe. And so those three players, uh, along with uh, Ben Simmons, you got Simmons, you got Embiid, you got Horford, you got Tobias Harris. That's a pretty good starting four to add another piece to a starting five. That's very, very dangerous uh, for a Philadelphia 76ers team. I like to, I'm interested, and I'm really, really excited to see what they do. I'm not a fan of the Sixers, uh, but a fan of basketball. And I like definitely seeing that team take shape and be, be relevant again. One of the great franchises of the NBA have now a lot of critical pieces to perhaps make a move. 
If Toronto can win one, why not them? So uh, that is the state of that in the Eastern Conference. Not too much going on in the West. Um, I read a little story about uh, the Lakers and the fans or the fan bases or somewhat some have you. I'm not sure what the story in detail meant, but I guess the Lakers are a little sour that Kawhi signed with the Clippers and had an intent to do so and sort of left them out there to dry and hey, the fan base is a little sour. They're, they're painting murals of Kawhi Leonard like he's going to be a Laker and then he turns around and inks a deal with the Clippers and they didn't like that too much and that's understandable to get the player you wanted to, to try to acquire in the offseason to come to L.A., but he went down the hallway in the locker room right now to the Clippers. This is a bitter feeling in, in L.A., but go ahead and feel as bitter as you want towards Kawhi Leonard while he's in the Los Angeles area. Go right on ahead. If, if I am a Clippers fan or if I'm part of the Clippers front office or part of the Clippers organization, the definite one thing I would want everybody in L.A. to do is put a chip on Kawhi's shoulder before the season even starts. Because every time he's going to suit up and play for the Clippers, and mind you, he's going to see the Lakers at least four times throughout the NBA season upcoming, he might just let them have it offensively, defensively, and in every imaginable way when he suits up as a Clipper uh, with the season coming up. He's going to light it up if you give that boy any motivation to. It's exactly what he's going to do. So Kawhi Leonard, hey, pay attention to what you hear and see in the Los Angeles area, negative and positive, but especially in particular the negative Laker blowback that you're getting, and let those guys know you've you always wanted to compete against them, and then go out there every night or every chance you have to show them why you're one of the best one-two players in the league, and you didn't want to join, you wanted to beat LeBron James and anybody who plays with that team in the purple and gold. So hey. Shout out to Kawhi Leonard for doing his thing. I follow the Clippers closely. I'm glad to see that they have risen back into the discussion of an NBA content, NBA championship contender. Uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do this season. Uh, but then the transition once again into FIBA. This has become a every four year sort of World Cup of, of basketball style event. Last, I, I would imagine for a two and a half to three week period where all the teams in the world come together and play uh, international style of basketball. Um, there are a lot of great players that play internationally for Argentina, for Spain, for Italy, for France. A lot of these teams are bringing their best. Uh, but what is beginning to fail to happen once again is that the United States uh, isn't able to put the style, put the roster together to potentially compete with the world's best. And I am fearful that the U.S. will not be able to, to really, really show up and compete with the best of these players with the lineup that they got right now. Uh, these guys left and right, like Damon Lillard and all these guys are dropping out of the FIBA roster. And it only looks like the Celtics are pretty much sending who they have to compete. Pretty much is the Boston Celtics versus the world. It looks like Kimba Walker stayed on the roster. Jason Tatum stayed on the roster. Jalen Brown stayed on the roster. Uh, I'm not sure if I know those guys will compete, but they're eventually going to run into a team 
that can beat them. So unless you plan on sending the entire Boston Celtics roster against the world, sooner or later, uh, the United States is going to fall to one of these incredibly talented international squads who are sending their best players from their from their country to represent their country in this international event. So, ooh, I hope FIBA from the U.S. side looks competitive because if not, it's going to be a bad look if we have the world's best players at basketball and we lose at our own game. It's really, really shocking. This happens every so often, too. Even in baseball, when we do FIBA for baseball, and the United States isn't nowhere near the, the final four teams left in, this, in that tournament. Japan always manages to put in work. Uh, these Latin American countries like Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic manage to send their best. Why can't we do the same? I'm, I imagine it's a, a one or many of many things, but one of two things sticks out as to why we can't send the best players we've got into competitions like this. It's all money involved. These players work extremely hard during the season to try and get ready to compete for a title within their own leagues. Uh, they just don't have enough gas in the tank and not enough incentive uh, to compete internationally and risk their bodies, risk their contracts, risk their incentives, uh, risk their bonuses that they have agreed in their contract with their teams uh, just to win for the country. Like the world knows the United States possesses the best basketball players. I guess they feel they don't have to prove it. And until they do, once again, they'll go out and beat the brakes off of everybody. But I think it's that period of time where these guys only want to compete at the Olympic level, not anything in between that. That's the only thing that an athlete may look forward to acquiring if he can't reach the championship caliber moment of winning the title in his league. I would imagine the next best thing is the Olympic gold. And I think that's actually true. Can't win an NBA title. Can't win a, win a Stanley Cup can't win a World Series, maybe your next best shot is Olympic gold. So at least you have attained some level of greatness within your sport. And uh, that's probably the only thing you could, you, could, you could hope the best for. At least Carmelo Anthony got that. He's got a few Olympic gold medals hanging around his neck. I mean, that might be the incentive, you know, that he's always had, if not winning an NBA championship. You remember, if you reflect on the career of Carmelo Anthony, it's just like, wow, like that guy, I don't know what went wrong ever with him, but I think that's the last player that wanted to play for the Knicks wholeheartedly, and he deserved to end his career in a greater fashion, but I don't know, maybe there was a thing going on behind the scenes with Carmelo Anthony that the players are aware of that maybe us fans are not, but he just didn't translate how talented he was collegiately into a game that gave him a chance at an NBA title. I think maybe the Denver thing might have messed things up for him because Denver has not been an awful basketball team really ever since he did that. If you really think back to when Carmelo Anthony got traded and all of those players came to Denver via that trade, how competitive the Nuggets still were. And then once they were able to mesh most of those players together, uh, that team went to the playoffs either 
either that year or the following year. And then the Knicks have kind of just been dangling in relativity and relevance ever since they've gotten rid of half the roster just to bring Carmelo Anthony on their roster. And so Melo eventually found his way off of the Knicks roster, and the Knicks haven't been able to recover since then. It was just a lot of bad office moves. You can blame Phil Jackson for it. You can blame the, the coaching carousel that they've always had. I like to blame James Nolan or James Dolan, the, the, the owner of the Knicks, who just quite frankly has run that team into the ground and grinded as much money as he could out of them. And he's going to have a hard time moving forward in the future to get another dime that's presentable off of that franchise. You're supposed to lure, to play for the New York Knicks. I'm but a young buck. I'm only 38 years old. I'm but a young man. And so when the Knicks were that height of the NBA greatness, a great proud franchise years back were the Bernard King years. I came in on the years where the Knicks were trying to build themselves back into something that they already were, which is a great franchise. But when Phil Jackson played there, Bernard King played there, uh, Earl of Pearl Monroe, all those guys in that era where the Knicks were just it in NBA basketball, there was something to be something to be rivalry. And they've been trying to reach that level ever since they lost it. But with this particular owner, he just goes on a list of other owners across all four major professional sports who just turn their teams into cash registers until they can't make any more money off of them. And then he's going to look to sell uh, if he can't ever, ever make the money that he used to off that franchise. Sooner or later, the fan base dwindles. The sponsors dwindle. Uh, the players who once made it a dream to play there, don't ever want to suit up and play at the Garden unless they're dropping 55 on the Knicks. That's the only way they'll 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 reach for the prominence at the Garden. But you know what ultimately happens is they just run out of run out of steam. And the Knicks, I think, have reached the point where they run out of steam. I don't know. Uh, not to take anything away from the young core players they've got, I got a chance to look into the summer league at the Kevin Knox's, at uh, the R.J. Barrett games that they play. They've got something with those with that young core of team, but it's a long way to go and a lot of rebuilding, and it was summer league. It, summer league and real league is a whole different set of, of leagues, and their skill set just didn't make it appear to me like they've got what it takes to keep the Knicks competitive. They may not. Uh, they may prove me wrong, and I'd love to see them boys prove me wrong, but the fact of the matter remains, they don't have what it takes to be competitive, even in the Eastern Conference. So they may find themselves bottom six again, uh, hoping, searching, dreaming for that eventual first round pick. And maybe that one guy that they get their hands on uh, will ignite the franchise once more. But I don't think so. The Knicks have a long way to go before they're important again in the national basketball association um the nba we're looking forward to a lot of different things coming up with that season um the bucks have one greek freak reigning mvp greek freak Giannis antetokounmpo he uh has two brothers who pay in the league and the lakers just acquired i believe the youngest of the two other brothers that play 
uh, in the National Basketball League as well, in the NBA, <laughs> National Basketball Association. Those players, uh, I don't know how much they are like, big bro, but having Antetokounmpo on the back of your jersey is becoming a premium for these two. So hopefully some sort of game that translates from Giannis's will translate into them. I wish them the success in the NBA season, but the Lakers acquired one, um, I believe from Dallas. And there is another one. I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce his name, but these two, these three players are great guys. They've got the length, they've got the talent to be formidable players with the development and with you know a little time and with the right franchise. They might be able to spring into great NBA players just like Big Bro. So hopefully they translate also into that. That's going to do it for today's show. Um, the podcast game has been great. I'm getting more and more comfortable doing it. Uh, this has been Ride Home Sports Talk with your man T. Brown. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We're going to hopefully see a couple of NFL training camps open up and sort of get a glimpse at what the Packers are doing, get a glimpse at what these other teams, the Texans, may be up to. Uh, I think believe Dallas has opened up uh, on the 26th. And so we'll see what these guys have. And then also that Zeke holdout stuff is still there. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll see where it's at. He's expected to be on the plane. He's expected to be at camp. Expected and there, two different things. I guess we'll see what happens. Y'all take care. Have a safe drive home. I'll holler at y'all tomorrow. This is Sports Talk. Ride Home Sports Talk with your band T. Brown. Take care. Stay blessed.